many of us have them? No, better yet, how many of us have good ones? Better yet to that, better yet, how many of us can tell what's the difference, the real difference between a good friend and a bad friend? But before I get too far ahead of myself, welcome to another episode of Stream of Social Consciousness, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast with your host, Olivia Brown. And if you haven't already guessed, we're going to be talking about friendships, but not just any old friendships in today's episode. You know, that's not how we do. We don't do that regular degular on this podcast, but we're going to be talking about friendships in the context of insecure. So it's day 3,978,403.9 of being in quarantine. So I've been catching up on my stories. I've been catching up on my shows. And I haven't watched Insecure in a in a while. Uh, when I caught up, I was like a, a season and some change behind. Uh, but I've been catching up on Insecure. And I've been seeing the discourse that people have been having surrounding Insecure's uh, new season on Twitter. And honestly, I try to mute things. If I know I'm going to watch something... <laughs> I try to mute it on Twitter because I don't want y'all spoiling stuff for me because y'all will fully, people will fully get on Twitter and be like, oh yeah, the main character is the killer and then their mom's going to come and da 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 They will tell you the whole thing and it's like, dang, y'all ruined how to get away with murder for me. I don't know who it was, Twitter user XYZ out there, but somebody told me. <laughs> some very terrible spoilers uh, when I was behind on how to get away with murder and I'm never going to forget it. But anywho, long story short, I usually mute stuff um, when I know I'm going to watch it, but I didn't this time just, you know, laziness or whatever. But I've been seeing the girls say that um, Molly has been going through some issues. Eason's Molly's relationship has been going through going through the motions, and they've been posting these very hot takes, these think pieces about friendship and modern times and their friendship and how it can be applied. So I'm going to weigh in. And I feel that this topic is very relevant because now more than ever, we really realize that it's the people that make the experiences. You can have everything and be lonely. And then what do you have? Just a bunch of shit. And I think because we're in quarantine, because of Rona, uh, at least for me, I am realizing just how important these relationships, my friendships are to me and have been for me to get through this time. And honestly, I'm trying to see what's up. I'm trying to see what we learned about friendship by watching Insecure. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. And let's jump right on into it. Splash! You have now entered the stream and let's jump right back into it. So like I said, I've been watching Insecure um, and I've been behind for a while. I stopped watching, not that I stopped watching, but I haven't watched since like season three. And the reason being is because I, and I think I mentioned this in the uh, quarantine and chill episode, I get secondhand embarrassment really, really bad. <laughs> I am not mature enough to handle themes around sex and love and everybody on insecure is so damn attractive and Issa Rae she's smart <laughs> because if I had a show and I was in the show 
I would cast me to be with all the fine men too. I absolutely would. But they're all fine. <laughs> they're all fine. And they'd be touching each other. And I'm just like, uh-uh, I can't take this. Now I'm blushing like my parents are around. No. And two, if you didn't know, Insecure comes on HBO. And I don't know when all of y'all got so rich, but I, <laughs> I am not that rich. And I haven't had a uh, HBO to be watching it, and I don't, I don't have the patience to go and like insecure online free, free online insecure Google search. I don't have the patience for none of that. But I sucked it up, paid for the, um, didn't pay for anything actually. <laughs> I got the free trial of HBO because I have Amazon Prime, so I was like, let me just catch up, see what's tea see what's going on and the biggest critique that everyone has been mentioning is that molly is showing her ass and when i heard i was like not molly anybody but molly and my jada from red table talk voice not molly but yes molly <laughs> so like i mentioned i started off from season three um or i started catching up from season three so Towards the end of season three slash like all of this new season, season four is when you really start to get into like the friendship tea, like the dynamics of Molly and Issa's friendship and their group friendship with uh, Tiffany and Kelly. These are starting to change and you, and you see how they are reacting to these changes in these seasons. And just like when I did the Rona review, which in retrospect, would have been a bomb title for the name of that episode. Gonna file that in the cabinet somewhere. But just like when I did the review episode, please remember that it's a review. <laughs> like I'm talking about friendship in the context of this show in real life. So some spoilers may come out. Let's just be realistic, sister girl and sister day, sister them. Like, please. <laughs> um, but the first major issue or the first like friendship relating issue that I kind of saw, remember I'm catching up from like season three, but it's relevant moving into the new season. Cause I feel like it kind of sets the, uh, sets the stage. So that issue comes towards like the end of season three when Tiffany is pregnant and they all go on this Coachella trip where they're supposed to, uh, this is supposed to be like their last little hoorah uh, before Tiffany has her baby. Go to Coachella. First, Issa and Nathan was having relations on a Ferris wheel. Relations on a Ferris wheel. Relations on a Ferris wheel. Fuck it on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> Fuck it on a Ferris wheel. The Sag placements in my natal chart are intrigued. Their ears perked up when they saw this because we love adventure. But anywho, that's one thing happening at Coachella. They're on drugs. They're fighting. But this is all happening when, well, this is all happening. Like I said, this is their last hurrah before Tiffany has the baby. So Tiffany is good and pregnant when they're at Coachella. And there is a moment when, um, there is a moment when she is with Issa. They're about to like, leave Coachella or it's their last couple of days at Coachella. And she tells Issa the day after they go to Coachella that she tried so hard to, you know, turn up with us. And you can kind of see like, this is something that 
she is struggling with because basically the night before I'm giving y'all, I'm giving y'all all the little insecure tea watching it. So you don't have to, well, y'all probably already watched it, but it don't matter. But the night before they had this conversation, they were once again all on drugs and she had a little bite of the wheat brownie and then proceeded to go in the closet and cry and talk to her husband. So for her to tell Issa, Oh, you know, I tried so hard. To me, it feels like, dang, I tried so hard and, you know, I didn't reap any benefits for it. Or I tried so hard and knowing that she was like crying beforehand, she tried so hard and she still missed her man. She she don't want this life anymore. And even before they go to Coachella, they were being like, not shady, but like, shady shadily excluding tiffany from like a group chat not replying to her messages and all of this so this has got me thinking or at least these first scenes this uh ending of season three got me thinking about the ways that you know babies babies period (laughs) change you know your friendship landscape so in season four um, Tiffany has a baby shower where there is this like planning, uh, planning committee, planning crew, crazy crew, whatever they want to call themselves. But none of Issa, Molly or Kelly are on the committee, which to me did come off very shady, uh, but kind of warrantedly shady because it's like, okay, y'all go exclude me while I'm going to exclude y'all. But anywho, This exclusion pisses Kelly off because Kelly is closer to Tiffany than um, Issa and Molly. Tiffany is Kelly's, you know, that's her, her sister, soul sister, you know? So Kelly and Tiffany have this moment where Kelly is like, okay, so because I'm not a parent, I can't help you with anything. Because Tiffany says something along the lines of like, oh, I only ask XYZ people to help me because, you know, she's a mom and blah, blah, blah. So I empathize with Kelly big time in that moment because I feel as I get older that a lot, lots of people are doing lots of different things. You know, I have friends who are in school. I have friends who are not in school. I have friends who are starting families. I have friends who are thought and bopping. And it just kind of is very interesting to see the way that like your different life experiences will require different people to fill different roles. So what I mean by that is that, yes, babies, life changes, milestones, all of that may change the landscape of your relationship. But I think what what I took from this is that People can play different roles in your life. And I think that that's a motherfucking word. (laughs) Okay. If you don't listen to any other part of this friendship relating podcast, remember this, that people can play different roles in your life and watching how Tiffany was like, oh, you know, XYZ is a mom. So I just felt like blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, okay, though I understand from the opposite perspective, like, why did you exclude me? You know, I'm still here for you. I understand that for her, you know, she is looking for this type of relationship. Like she's looking to build parental relationships. So long story short, they end up reconciling, but 
I think just thinking about that situation, life goals, babies, marriage, new jobs, all of that will change the landscape of your friendship. It will change the dynamic of your friendship. And that's the overarching message I feel. I'm happy to see like that their relationship was able to be reconciled and that Kelly was able to become the baby's grand grandma, not the baby's grandma, <laughs> the baby's godmom. But I think that this is a lesson and this is something that for me, I know I am very uncomfortable with. And if you're uncomfortable with like changing dynamics, change, changing friendships, I am right here with you because I feel like sometimes, you know, we get in these patterns. We get in the pattern of the role that people play for us, but also the roles that we play for them. So when all of these things start changing, you start getting a new job, you start having a baby, you start doing X, Y, Z. It's like, oh shit, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to be a friend to this person when they aren't even really the person that, you know, that I became friends with anymore? And I think still that, that you have some type of responsibility to this person that you have this friendship with. And don't let Twitter, listen, the girls on Twitter are ruthless. Don't let the people on Twitter tell you that you don't owe anybody anything, that, oh, you good off everybody. Where does that attitude get you? Because let me tell you, where does that attitude get the people who tweet that? Because literally every couple months they tweet the same shit. So y'all are cycling through friends because you don't owe anybody anything and now you can't hold down a damn friend. So don't listen to them. (laughs) Listen to me or listen to your heart. But let me speak to your heart real quick. You know, you have some type of responsibility, responsibility. (laughs) Okay. Take 1700. You have some type of responsibility to the people that you are friends with. You do, you know, and I feel that it is very mature and I, I enjoy watching that they were able to come to a place where, you know, this happened, this happened, but we're going to move forward in this way. And I think that that's very healthy. And I feel that as a friend, these are the types of things that you should be doing because sure. Okay. You know, the landscape has changed. XYZ milestone has happened, but if I'm still counting on you to be a damn friend, (laughs) you better be a damn friend. Okay. And I, if you have a friend who has a different life, who is in a different place than life as you, you understand what I mean. Shout out to all the girls who was freshmen and friends with seniors in high school. This is for you. If you have a friend who is in a different place in life than you, it can be very easy to be like, oh, you know, we're just, we're just too different. Nothing is going to happen, blah, 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 blah. But I think this situation gives us an excellent example of, like I said, finding that middle ground because you have that responsibility with this person to find that middle ground. You also have a responsibility to yourself to set your boundaries and keep them. So if finding a middle ground is not something that you are wanting to do, 
you're responsibly responsible. Why can't I speak English today? <laughs> but your responsibility then becomes to make sure that you in this relationship, in this friendship, or do whatever you're going to do with this friendship in a way that is healthy and that serves you. So yes, I think at the end of the day that things are going to change. Your life isn't stagnant. So your friendships aren't stagnant. And like I said, at the beginning of talking about this, that people can play different roles in your life. But ultimately, when these changes occur, I think it's important for people to have adult conversations. Everybody want to be an adult. Put your adult panties on and have adult conversations and decide which responsibility are you going to take? Are you going to take the responsibility to the person? Or are you going to take the responsibility to self? Both have their consequences. So now that we think about boundaries and, and changing relationships and changing dynamics and all of that jazz, let's talk about Issa and Molly because, oh, Chile. And I think Molly and Issa teach us a lot of things and, and touch on a lot of ways that your friendship dynamics can change. And the first of which comes when new people, new friends enter your life and new work situations enter your life. So one of the things that happens um, at the end of season three and like kind of jumpstart season four is that Issa quits her job. And... Issa had been working at this like nonprofit for five years that she hated. So she quits her job to do something that she wants to be doing. And basically after Coachella, um, she gets the idea to create some type of like block party for Inglewood, basically like a Coachella in Inglewood, her hometown, bringing the, the cultural activities to the black folks. I love that. I love, love, love that. But I digress. So Issa quits her job to do this thing and she meets Condola. Now, Condola is one of Tiffany's friends who was at the baby shower, the, the messy baby shower that got the drama popping. But Condola also, as the storyline progresses, starts to date Lawrence. And Lawrence is Issa's ex-boyfriend. This show is messy. <laughs> Now that I'm like hearing it out loud, this show is very messy. But um, so anyway, she's dating Issa's ex-boyfriend and Molly is not here for it once she finds out. So uh, Issa and Condola, I don't like that name. <laughs> Sorry to all the Condolas out there, but my mind immediately goes to like, when the wind hits your eye like a bit pizza pie, Venice gondola moment. Like, I don't know. Anyway, Condola is helping Issa create, like outside of their friendship, she's helping Issa develop this block party. Um, but Molly is not here for it. Molly is like, girl, that's weird. Your life doesn't have to be messy. When she said that, I was like, oh, Molly, I see. I see you, sister girl. I see you and you better cut that shit out. She told Issa, you know, something along the lines of your life doesn't always have to be so messy. Why do you always have so much mess? And I'm like, oh, 
people in glass houses know they shouldn't throw stones because Molly <laughs> and Molly and Molly and Molly girl. So when she said that, I was just like, this for me is less about Condola and less about like the messiness and intricacies of their relationship and more about the way that, you know, she sees Molly sees Issa and something about that just, 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 just isn't sitting right as with my spirit. And it goes along with like a lot of other little snide, little shady, little sneaky deaky comments that Molly was saying. Like the entire season, Molly has been calling Issa's event little or, oh, your little project or your, uh, she said something to her little mans. Because uh, they gave Molly a man's in this season, which we will talk about. But she said something to her man's like, oh, this event is going to be homegrown. So seeing all of these like things that Molly has to say, what I immediately think of and when I, my favorite thing to do is to binge shows um, and then go catch up on what the people have to say on Twitter. So when I saw all of these little little shady things that Molly was doing. And once I finished, because I'm all caught up now, y'all can't, y'all can't drag me now because I'm all caught up. <laughs> but when I went and checked, a lot of people were saying that it feels like Molly has some type of superiority complex about Issa. And I feel similarly. So what I see is that Molly... Molly, to me, is the type of person that gets off on, like, looking down on people. It's the very, the very much like, I'm sitting up on my high horse. I need to have moral high ground above you. And I see that that is the way that she, like, is reacting to Issa in this situation. But I can low, low, low on the lowest of low keys empathize with Molly and empathize with the Mollies of the world because in the show, Molly is also undergoing like a career change. She's a lawyer and she's switching firms. And at this point right now, Molly is all about boundaries. Molly's all about her. She's all about like, you know, making strides to live the life that she wants to live. And what it feels like or what it looks like is that she sees Issa as like this volatile person who she always needs to save. And I think the the reason I say that I empathize to some degree is because sometimes when people self-implode and when people are self-destructing, sometimes, a lot of times, they will bring you with them. And if you're in a place of like, growth, if you're in a place of, I'm trying to do better for me, sometimes the best thing that you can do, and the only thing that you can really do, is to set that boundary and let that boundary stand and be that on period. So what it, what you can also argue, and what I will also argue for the Molly girls out there, is that you want to protect yourself. Ultimately, you don't want to keep putting yourself in positions to be to make immature mistakes. You know, they talk about like they're 30 now and that 30 is like changing everything or putting everything in perspective for them. You don't want to keep making the child the same childish mistakes. But but 
Does that mean that you then have to belittle the people that you say that you care about? Does that mean that Molly is justified completely in in the way that she talked about Issa, the way that she talked about Issa's projects and and all of the ways that that she was this season so far? And and still my issue with Molly is that and my issue with the Mollies of the world is that Sure, create your boundaries. Sure, level up. Sure, you know, get rid of anything and anybody that doesn't serve you. But also the fact that you are still engaging with these types of behaviors, the fact that that your boundary is so is so finicky, that the fact that your boundary is so malleable, the fact that your boundary can move so easily, it says a lot about you. And it says a lot to me. And it's frustrating watching a character like Molly, because you kind of want to root for her. Like she's one of the main characters, you know, friends with Issa, you want to root for her, you want to root for her friendship. But what is frustrating, but also very telling is that Molly and the Mollies of the world will have all of these fabulous boundaries and say all of these things and and say that their negative behaviors are in protection of themselves, but then turn around and participate in the behaviors that they told you they ain't trying to do no more. Huh. And that's why I say she reminds me of the type of person who gets off on like having to look down on people and needing to have some type of moral high ground. And y'all know the types of people I'm talking about. These are the types of people who will like, you will call them and they will help you. Sure. Dot, dot, dot. But like, you'll hear about it again. And if it ever happens again, you'll be, you'll hear that. Oh yeah. I remember when I helped you, you know, you really should just stop. Dah, dah, dah. Like those are the type of people that always want to have something to hold over you. And I don't like that. And I, I empathize a lot with Issa um, this season because it's kind of like when you're finally, if you're an Issa in, in the world, it's kind of like when you're finally getting your shit together and you finally start moving right and you feel aligned. There are always those people that are going to try to remind you of who they think you are. When you finally start letting low vibrational shit go, the low vibrational shit people are going to be like, oh, get your ass back down here and vibrate at this this C flat. I don't know anything about notes. (laughs) I don't know anything about notes, but (laughs) vibrate your ass down here and stop trying to vibrate up there. And It's frustrating because people like Molly will frame it as like, oh, I'm just trying to help you. Oh, you know, I'm just looking out for you. But sis, are you looking out for me? Or are you hoping and make trying to ensure that I stay exactly where I am in order for you to feel good about our relationship? Hmm. 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 Oh, that's what it feels like. And I don't know if anybody has ever been in that type of situation. I for sure have been in that type of situation where it's like, I'm leveling up past people, but all that they can focus on is all that they knew me as. And if you're someone who is trying to like move forward and progress and, and be on a journey with yourself, your jobs, spiritually, whatever you want to call it, it's very difficult to break past some of that shit. And you really want to maintain these friendships. 
but they can be so difficult when when you're dealing with people who see you as less than. And essentially what you will notice and what I do notice with uh with Issa and Molly is that it feels like they that Molly has always saw her as less than, has always, you know, been her savior and has always like reveled in being her savior, Issa's savior. I mean, to where now that Issa don't really need saving. Issa doesn't need saving in this season. She needs support. And it's kind of like Molly cannot provide her the support unless it comes with some like tumultuous situation that she can then proceed to look down and hold above Issa's head. I don't like that. I don't like that. And if you're a creative out there and you have any like non-traditional type of job, you may have felt this also. And I know for me, at the very least, as I pursue more of my creative endeavors, I feel this from other friends also. So what I mean is that Issa has also, outside of quitting her job, like I mentioned, she's doing this block party. She's creating this block party. And that's not a lawyer. (laughs) That is not an accountant like Kelly. That's not whatever it is Tiffany does. It is something that is very creative, very collaborative. And oftentimes it feels like people who do have it traditionally and do have, like they secured their bath, their bath, what is going on today? But they secured their bag in a traditional setting. It oftentimes feel as though, it seems as though that they cannot conceptualize the idea of you doing something creative and doing something that is out of the box and doing something that is ultimately different from what they're doing. And I think too, when it boils down to it, they cannot conceptualize the idea of you doing something too, period. They can't conceptualize the idea of you breaking past whatever it was that you were in the past and becoming something new one, but becoming something better, two, and then potentially becoming something better than them, three. And I'm thinking about the most recent couple of episodes where where Issa has had her block party and before then her headliner for the block party pulled out and she asked Molly to ask her little boyfriend who works at Live Nation to ask about XYZ artists, new artists that Issa found. So Molly says no, and she's like, you know, I just, I just want to keep that like personal, professional boundary. And I get that. I do. I do get that. I do get that 100% because it's like, yeah, don't crush your boundaries, sis. Maintain them. But once the... Uh, once the issue blows up and the block party happens and the performer performs and it's come to find out that uh, Issa asked her mans, who is like roommates with Molly's mans, uh, to ask Molly's mans when Molly said no, Molly has a whole fit and she's like, basically, I told you don't do that. And Issa's like, you said you wouldn't do that. And I also, here's another moment of me like empathizing with Molly because when Issa came and asked for that thing, Issa was being real flaky. Issa was being real like, 
oh, I'm going to call you, but never call, or let's rain check everything, and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, she's working on this event. Lots of busy stuff, sure. But it's like, Miss Mamas, you could send a text message. And this is, I feel, let, quick tangent that's related to friendship, I promise. But I am very resentful to that language that people be like, oh, you know, you're not entitled to every second of everyone's day. Um, people are busy. Da, da, da. It's like, I agree with that. I do. However, you do prioritize the things that you want to prioritize. You do. That's a thing. You do that. You prioritize the things that you care about. You prioritize the emails that you that you either need to reply to or want to reply to first. You prioritize the text messages that you want to talk to. You prioritize the niggas in your DMs based on who's cute and who you want to talk to. You prioritize based on what you want to do. And though what you want to do may be influenced by other factors such as what you have to do, what you can do, blah, 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 blah. You know, you do prioritize these things based on what it is you want. And I can understand Molly's uh, frustration because it's just kind of like I, Molly in this moment is trying to like reconcile the situation, have that adult conversation. And Issa is like nowhere to be found. And for my creative listeners and for my listeners who have these types of like non-traditional jobs or whatever, you understand that sometimes you get in your project and that's that. You get in your project, you get tunnel vision and that's just that. Anything not about the project is not going to happen until the project is done. And I think too, when, when you're someone who is like having your phoenix rising from the ashes moment and you are having your upward momentum and you're doing all the things right you want to stay you get in that tunnel vision space and i understand isa i don't respect it <laughs> i don't respect it though and i understand molly's frustration behind it because it's like okay yeah you have all these great things going on but like I am still your friend, which goes back to what I was saying at the beginning is that no matter what changes, no matter which roles change, no matter if your roles change, at the end of the day, you have a responsibility to your friends. Either you have a responsibility to everybody that you say you care about. And either you are going to tell me that we can't do X, Y, Z, we're going to rain check and you're going to follow through on the damn plan or you're going to make continue to keep the appointment. And I understand extenuate, extenuating circumstances come up, but relationships, friendships, this is like a contract. Let me let me get into my legal bag for Molly, Molly and Issa. This is a contract, okay? You break the the rules of the contract and I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> But seriously, you know, you break the rules of the contract and there are consequences. So I can understand Molly's frustration at Issa in this moment when they're at the um when they're at the block party and Molly basically confronts homegirl and she's like, ma'am, I told you do not involve my king. And you went and involved my king via your king. And I don't like that. So I think that that confrontation was the mixture of Molly feeling like she had her boundaries crossed by Issa involving her mans and Issa being just flaky leading up to I think Molly was pissed 
And they were about to fight, fight. I was like, oh, wow. Insecure is getting getting there. <laughs> Insecure is about to be my new favorite show right after Bad Girls Club. But I think it's interesting that they were about to fight, high key. And not just because, oh my gosh, they were about to physically fight. No, I think it's interesting that they were about to fight because like I said, Molly is all about boundaries and you're quite literally breaking a physical boundary and I, I don't know, something about that didn't sit right with my spirit. But who y'all had? You know what I'm saying? Who y'all got? My money would have been on Issa, high key. But let me know who y'all got. But I think it's interesting, too, that she brought all this energy to Issa, but didn't bring any of it to her mans. That was very telling to me. And I think that basically is kind of the theme of the this situation that they're in is how men, how work, and how other people just in general will change your relationship. Yes, it's true. Niggas ruin everything. And obviously that was a joke, but men are still trash. But I do think that it's very interesting the way that men and relationships can change the landscape of a friendship just as much as anything else. Because like I said, Molly came at Issa with all this energy, but her mans didn't get any of that. And I and it's like, okay, your mans did something. He was a part of this. So so why aren't you equally as mad? And that showed me that it wasn't about the principle. It wasn't about the boundary. It was about Issa. But that's its own thing. We've already went into that stream. But I think it's very interesting the ways that men can change your relationship because I think some of the questions that you have to ask are what who comes first and when you know am I going to choose my best friend or my boyfriend am I going to be how is how are the relationships that currently serve me going to continue to serve me now that I have this new addition to the to the team you know what I'm saying and I One thing I will say, and one thing, one piece of unsolicited advice that I will give everybody is that don't be, I'm going to put my boyfriend over my bitches type of, type of girl. Don't be that girl. And if you a nigga, I know y'all be bros before hoes, but you know what? Y'all a whole different breed. I don't even want to go in there, but (laughs) seriously though, when we think about the question, who comes first? I think that that is very situational. You know what I'm saying? I think that that is going to depend on what all all the aspects, you know? And I think it's interesting that their they're like running joke is that we're not dating. Because like I said, your friendships are kind of like relationships. Y'all may not... Listen, there are a lot of things that my friends cannot give me that my, that my relationships that men can, and I respect it. However, because I know that I'm being served in this way in my romantic relationship, that does not mean that I get to neglect my responsibility, period. I don't know how many times I need to keep referencing that you have responsibility to the people that you care about, but you do. You do. I don't know who needs to hear it again, but you do. And I think when you get in relationships, it's very difficult. And I've seen lots of people tend to just either lean one way. And that way is typically 
I'm going to be all about my boo. And there's nothing wrong with being all about your boo. Be all about your boo, always. But if I'm your friend, I was here before your boo. If that if that nigga does something to you, I'm going to be here after. If that nigga does something to you, y'all stay together, I'm going to be here during. And sure, romantic rom- relationships may have different dynamics. Of course they will. And, and friendship in, in the context of a romantic relationship will look a lot different than what we're talking about just in general friendship terms here. But at the end of the day, it does not give you an excuse to be a shitty friend. It doesn't. Being in a relationship does not give you an excuse to be a bad friend. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Like those girls who all of a sudden her boyfriend just around, just out, just around, (laughs) just around, just, you can't do nothing. You can't go nowhere. And he, without him being there, or you try to make plans and it's like, oh, I'm, I can't come. I'm with XYZ. Yeah, I'm with DeAndre today. I can't. I'm not doing that. You know, you know who I'm talking about. And it's frustrating as a friend because it's like you would have watched them get in this relationship. You know what I'm saying? It And I, I empathize with, with what Issa is saying, with what other people just on Twitter in the world are saying about Molly in this relationship because it's just like I am supposed to be your person and though we may not be dating I am still supposed to hold rank to you and you when people come around that rank suddenly changes I don't like that at all I don't like that at all and I don't think that that's how it should be which is why I say don't be the girl who puts your nigga over your over your bitches don't do it don't do it And I think that when you're in relationships, it's about finding that balance and finding about finding out about how it's going to work for you. Because like work, logistically, things will have to change. Like with work, when you get new jobs and things like that, your schedule will change. You have to figure out, oh, when can I call? When can I text? What's going to work out? But when you get in romantic relationships, logistically, things will have to change also because as a responsible relationship adult, relationship Buddha adult, you know, you you do want to keep making space and holding space for your friends and, and holding space to do things separate from your partner, only with your partner. But not everybody does that. But I'm telling you now, to do that, you want to make sure you're holding that space. And in the same way that, like I said, in the same way that work will change your friendship logistically, relationships will have to, you will have to shift logistics of how you operate in your friendship, depending on relationships too. I need y'all to stop getting in situations and expecting shit to just stay the same and everything is going to be fine. And I think that ultimately is a lot of what's happening with the insecure girls is that things are changing around them. They're getting older. Their lives are changing. Their goals are changing. Everything's changing. And a lot of their resistance has to do with the fact that they are so stuck on trying to like have one foot in the way that they used to be and one foot in the new way. You don't get both. And like I said, listen to your heart, but let me speak to your heart. You don't get to do both. If you're going to progress, you got to move that leg into the progression zone and out of the struggle zone. You can't have one foot in the struggle zone, one foot in the progression zone. You got to move that foot into the progression zone and keep walking forward. And I think that that is the big theme 
of this season right now with Insecure, but I think that's the big theme with like the friendships that are changing in Insecure is that these people, these characters, they want shit to stay the same, but they want to grow. And when you want to grow, shit cannot stay the same. That's an oxymoron for real, for real. And I think just in thinking about their relationships and thinking about how all of these things have changed the landscape, the biggest lesson that you can learn is that you have to change with it. And I think that that's kind of what's fucking with Molly and Issa right now. I mean, we have two more episodes, I think. But I think that's what's happening with them right now is that they have started to verbalize, oh, yeah, I'm growing, I'm changing. But like internally in their minds, in some of their actions, they still aren't really, really, really changing or not really, really, really growing. You know what I'm saying? And I feel that that's something that we can all take away is that you have to be adaptable. You have to be adaptable. You have to be adaptable. And a good example of this type of like adaptability in friendships is actually coming from the insecure boys, Lawrence and Chad and that whole friendship. There is a moment in the, um, there is a moment in season four, season three. I don't remember which one. I remember I watched both, but there is a moment where Lawrence is like, going to church and trying to get his life together. Um, And his friend like actively supports that decision. There's a moment where he's like, so we not going to go to the club and see some titties or whatever it is that he said. And Lawrence is like, yeah, no, I'll catch it another time. And homeboy is just like, yeah, okay, well, well, I'll come with you. And it's little things like that, that that you have to kind of adjust to as your friends change if you want to keep the friendship. Because ultimately what it boils down to is that if someone is changing, if someone is trying something new and you're someone in their support system, the expectation is that you support them. I don't know. I don't know why that's lost on so many people, but the expectation is that you support them. So when we think about adaptability, yes, they could have easily went out to the club and saw some titties and ass, but they went to church because his friend is trying to go do something new and go to church. And ultimately, shout out to the insecure friendships because that's the insecure men friendships because that's not the only example. When Tiffany's husband is, uh, when they get the baby and officially he becomes a dad, they're like helping him and Lawrence gives him gifts. And it's it's just very sweet. And I feel like I don't see many examples of productive male friendships and their friendship has their issues, of course, but I feel like I don't see a lot of example of productive black male friendships where they talk about actual things and they they make actual changes. So it's very nice to see here. And I would also like to shout out an honorable mention type of friend before we wrap up the episode. And that is mom's Listen, there is a moment at the most recent episode where Issa goes and she talks to her mom and she is, I can just tell, I can tell that she is being fed. Her spirit needed to speak to her mom. And moms, if you are lucky enough to have a relationship with your mother, your mother is just as much of a friend as anybody else. 
and your mama be knowing. <laughs> your mama gonna know and and she's going to be there. So as much as you know, friendship is about adaptability and change and growing with them as you grow. I think at the end of the day, it is very comforting to know that with your mom, you don't have to do all of that change of shit. You can just be how you are and your mom's going to be accepted. So I wanted to throw that out. I thought that was very lovely that that moment happened because I feel like we've all been there where it's like, I'm good. Things are good, but they're bad, but they're all over the place. And I need to talk to my mama. And I just thought that was beautiful. So now where we are in terms of insecure is that Molly and Issa are in fight. Uh, Neither of them have talked to each other. And Kelly and Tiffany are trying to slowly, subtly nudge them to speak to each other. Um, And I think it's very interesting. Molly says something to her boo and she says something about Issa. And she says, I love her, but I don't really like her right now. And I think that that expression and that sentiment is something that we need to become comfortable with as friends, as people in relationships, and and recognize that that is something that can happen. You know, you may love your friends down. You may do anything for your friends, but there, there are going to be times when they piss you off. They're not perfect people and they don't have perfect situations. So I love that she said that as opposed to being like, oh, Issa is some fat-headed ass bitch. I don't know. <laughs> but as opposed to dragging her uh, with her mans, she said something that was just very concise and I feel like summed it up without doing all of that. And I think that both of them are in a similar space. And if you've ever been in that space, you know that can be very difficult because the biggest thing is like, I am going to talk to her. She hurt my feelings. And the other person is doing the exact same thing. And now they're in this situation where it's like, who reaches out first? Issa's thought process is that, well, I always reach out. Um, And she's waiting on Molly to reach out. And she ultimately sees Molly um, sitting in some restaurant. She's about to go pick up food. And she sees Molly and she turns right back around and she chooses to disengage. And... We don't know if that is a decision that will work in her favor ultimately, but in the wind down at the end of the episode, uh, Issa says something like, you know, to see her or the visual of her just on her phone, chilling, living her life is, I guess, a motivator for the character Issa to leave and move on or leave and, and go about her business. And high key... If you've been there, you know, (laughs) I can kind of relate because it's like, okay, you have your phone in your hand. You're out here getting Ethiopian food. You're dressed to the nines. You're living life. Meanwhile, I'm going through it. Like towards the end of this episode, Issa is hearing Molly's words, calling her messy, calling her this, calling her that in her head. Like this is playing back and back and back to her. And it's like, okay, Miss Molly, you are just chilling. You're not emotionally you're not emotionally impacted at all. And I know for me, para me, that would piss me off. And I think it's important to take your space. I think it's important to take your space, but I also think it's important to choose your battles. And ultimately when you're in fight, like how they're in fight, it is very, very, very important to choose your battles. 
And it could just be that Molly, you know, was taking time for herself. We don't see Molly's perspective. She could very well be going through the motions as well. Because let me tell you, fighting with your best friend is hard. <laughs> fighting with your best friend trumps every other issue ever. Not ever, but any issue that you'll have with a boy and any fight that you'll have with a boy is outweighed by a fight with your best friend. Because it's like, when I fight with niggas, I'm going to run to my best friend. When I fight with my best friend, who am I talk to? Niggas? No. So best friend issues are hard to deal with. So Molly very well could be going through the motions. And I don't think that Molly is just the most miserable bitch in the world. I think that she cares about Isla. I think that she cares about the relationship. And I'm excited to see how the rest of it comes together. And I don't know what's going to happen with Issa and Molly's relationship. I'm big excited to to be back in the insecure mix and big excited to see what's going to happen. Because low-key, like, I don't know. I feel like Issa and the people, Issa Rae and the people on the insecure staff are always on my neck, always on our toes. So on the one hand, I want to say, oh, it's TV. They can't fall out. But like, they could. They have enough material at this point to completely dent their friendship. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. But I think with what we have so far, uh, just from season four alone, that there's so much that we've learned about friendship. I think that this season is very well summed up in, in the theme of friendship and changing dynamics. And that just about sums up my thoughts about friendship and insecure just in general. And now it's just, it's time for just a sprinkle of unsolicited advice. Remember that you can ask me for advice. Send an email to streamthestream at gmail.com and potentially your situation will be featured on a stream of social consciousness episode. Let your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast's host give you advice, girl. What's tea? I have a degree in psychology and I work as a mental health worker. What's tea? Let me put you together. Let me put you together. That's all I'm saying. But today's unsolicited advice is about friendship. Wow. So predictable. So there has been this post that's been going around and it says, you know, after lockdown, remember who checked in on you and texted you and supported you. And my advice is the exact opposite of that. One, don't be out here fucking testing people to be your friend. That's so ugly. That is so, so ugly. But two, this is a pandemic, mama. This is a pandemic. The entire globe is feeling the, the pains associated with this pandemic. It is not just you. Get your ass off of your soapbox and remember that the rest of the world exists. Remember that your friends have lives that don't revolve around you. Remember that everyone else is dealing with a pandemic too. Do not be fucking selfish and do not be taking tally of who checked in on you, who texted you and all of this other shit. If there is a big discrepancy, definitely take note of it. But just in general, relax, mama. Remember the world don't revolve around you. And remember that in the same way that people may be lacking for you, that you may be lacking for them too. So check in with that. Check in with how you can be a better friend, how you, 
if you are in a, a, a healthy mental space, how you can be of service to your peers and friends and family and stop keeping tally. That ain't cute. Who told y'all to do that? Don't do that. That's not cute. So <laughs> now that we know what's cute and not, and now that we are officially finished with the episode, thank you all for listening. Remember, my name is Olivia Brown, and this is Stream of Social Consciousness, and I will catch you in the next one.